Coming at you live from Master Closet Studios, you're listening to the only podcast on the internet that isn't a simulation. That's what all simulations all say. The- <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> it's the noobs and the Whovian, or a facsimile thereof. My name is Austin, I'm the Whovian, maybe, and these are my sons Corbin and Trip. And, and we're, we're the, the noobs. noobs. Or maybe. are they? Wait. This is the podcast <laughs> that introduces a whole new generation to Doctor Who by watching an episode each week and discussing it from the perspective of a dad who's seen it before. And, and two, two sons, sons who, who haven't. Because they're not real. Okay, this uh, joke's done. <laughs> Welcome to episode 151, covering series 10, episode 6, Extremis. This is the one where the doctor doesn't save the world from aliens, but then does. Wait, what? Yeah. Wait. <laughs> I mean, he does. He he doesn't, but he's about to. Yeah. yeah. Next time. Next time on Doctor Who. <laughs> so this was, as we mentioned, story number two seventy. I said we mentioned that last time because it was not two seventy A, because even though the Wikia lists this as part one of three. Mm. It also doesn't call it 270A, B, and C. It's 271. I mean, 270, 271, Word. Uh, it originally aired May 20th, 2017 to 5.53 million viewers. Written by Stephen Moffat. You may be familiar with his work. Maybe. Maybe. A little bit. He is the showrunner. A little bit here, all. here and there. Uh, directed by <laughs> Daniel Netheim. I think it's just Netheim. Netheim? I'm pretty sure. Oh, why, yeah. why, the, why, the, why the double T? I, I assume it's net theme. Net theme. Net theme. Net theimen. I'm going to stick with net on. Uh, <laughs> he did the Zygon Invasion and Zygon Inversion. And he also uh, is going to do next week's The Pyramid at the End of the World. Well, and that's about since it. Since it's technically a two-parter. Or uh, yeah, but then uh, but he didn't do the third one, apparently. <laughs> Probably so going to have not. nothing to do with it, like... That one that was a two-parter just because it had the same person in it. Uh, yeah, like we had the uh, we had the one that was um, we had that one that was a that was referred to as a three-parter, but it was really a two-parter with a lead-in. Yeah, and, you know, it was it was that's going all the way back to Tennant, uh, the end of his. Uh, I, don't, uh, I don't remember which season it was. It was either two or three. Anyways. Uh, guys, News in the Whovian is brought to you by Google Fi. That's right. Google has their own cell phone service that they started up a few years ago. And for just $20 a month, you can get all the talking and all the texting you can possibly handle. And, and then some. And then uh, if you want data, because who doesn't want data anymore uh, other than your grandfather, uh, $10 per gig of data charges you down to the megabyte. So like down to the penny. It's pretty awesome. You only pay for the uh, data that you and your family Share in the big bucket of data because you can add on extra lines for $15 a line. You guys know the drill. Go to noobsinthehoovian.com slash fi and get $20 off. Would you? Could you? Ain't you got to? So that brings us down to the checklist. Uh, oh, name of the episode spoken in dialogue. Oh, man. Okay, so last week we counted, what was it, like 12 times they said oxygen. We should have done that this week because extremists was said, I would venture at least a half a dozen times. Right? Mm, yeah. I'm I mean, probably. it was several, it was several, several times. So, uh, so check. <laughs> if the checklist, check. Uh, the creature of the week was the zombie monks. What were they? They I were definitely aliens. called monks in the closed captioning. <laughs> Why? Uh, that was never even brought up. Well, they were wearing like monk robes. And so were um, they the people that are going to be okay. dating next episode? What? 
yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the whole setup is that they're the ones running the simulation. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, that makes sense. And uh, there is a clickable main enemy is the monks uh, listed on the Wikia. So they are the monks. We'll just I'm going to leave it zombie monks because mm-hmm. I like that. Um, remember, there's no such thing as zombies. They're aliens. They're monks. No such thing as vampires. They're aliens. No such thing as monks. They're zombie monks. <laughs> They're aliens. <Which> aliens. <laughs> there's, no such, <laughs> there's no such thing as zombies or vampires or monks. <laughs> this is crazy talk. There's no such thing as monks. Uh, down in Jiggery Pokery, a little bit about the uh, TARDIS this week. Why was the Pope's Italian not translated? Wait. Mm. So... The Wikia huh. said no reason is given for it not translating. But then well, it occasionally mentions, it doesn't translate anyways. I mean, yeah, sure. It's there, always there's a times where <laughs> like like that the, the, the in the Rings of Aka Ten, where the, the the like dog woman thing was like growling and barking and, and it didn't <laughs> translate. But the Wikia also mentions that the doctor says that the virtual Pope doesn't zoom around in his Pope mobile. Now it, it, he it, that's me quoting the Wikia, not the Wikia quoting the doctor, because the doctor said he doesn't zip around in his Pope mobile, but the Wikia referenced that Pope as the virtual Pope. Because he was inside of the thing. Correct. And there and throughout the mm. Wikia, it'll say things like virtual Bill, virtual Nardole, yeah, yeah. etc. Which got me thinking, was the TARDIS not translating because it was a glitch in the Matrix? Wouldn't that have thrown the because doctor it was a, off though? That's the only flaw in my in my thinking there but it mm-hmm. seems like oh maybe it wasn't translating because it's a simulation now there's all kinds of problems with that but maybe the doctor otherwise just doesn't it, know italian otherwise it makes what he knows he knows baby of course he knows mm-hmm. italian well then why didn't he understand he what can, the pope was saying he speaks he horse no but that's what i'm saying is he no did he didn't he, he didn't he, he waited for the, the guy translator needed to translate for him yeah and oh. that it's that's just so i like not only does it not make sense in the canon of the show, I don't understand why they would do that at all. It might be they were trying to alert us or something, but maybe it, it kind totally of breaks the continuity of the show because surely the doctor would notice, hey, suddenly I don't know how to speak Italian and the TARDIS isn't right. translated. And, yeah. and did, it, did it give us anything? There wasn't like a scene where their the the translator got killed and they were trying to speak to the Pope and couldn't because the translator wasn't there. Pope was hardly right? in this episode, yeah. right? So I don't understand. So there's no need for why you would even do it because it's strictly probably for the fact that we need the translation and they just didn't want to. No, but what have I'm saying is right when out. we go to another planet, we don't need translators mm-hmm. or subtitles. It. They sound like they're speaking English because of the, the conceit of the TARDIS translation matrix. So why didn't it So what does it benefit us on a production level I mean, to... It does happen occasionally, so it could just totally be a, a director's choice or something. I guess. Yeah. Well, no, it would have been the writer's. Writer's choice. Yeah, but at any rate, I it, yeah, I, I couldn't make uh, heads or tails of it, so... Um, wow, was that the only thing on the checklist? <laughs> oh <my laughs> the the yep. rest of the checklist is pretty much a blank. Uh, we did have some uh, other stuff we noticed. Pope Benedict the Ninth, nice girl, always getting what? into trouble or something like that. <laughs> I was like, what? Uh, I, I just I love when uh, uh, when the doctor yeah, throws no. out stuff like that. Uh, Corbin's looking it up. I I did look up that Pope Benedict the Ninth was uh, was a man, was but a man. The, huh? Was a man. 
was a man, but there was, I don't know, the wiki had referenced that there were some, uh, some things that weren't liked about that Pope or something. I don't know. Um, I did mention to the, to the noobs here though, that there, there is a Pope that it is pretty well thought, at least outside the Catholic church that was a woman. Pope um, Joan. Yeah. Pope Joan. What was the name that she actually went by though? Well, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> actually, this looks like it might not be real. It's hard to tell, but it could just be a story. Okay. So no, there's one I definitely remember uh, learning about in college that, um, again, if you ask anybody not devoted to the teachings of the Catholic Church, you know, Mm. if 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 they're not hanging their hat on the infallibility of the Pope, et cetera, um, it's it seems pretty clear that there's a woman who passed who passed as a man. By the way, it's not that she was a woman who became Pope; it's that she was a woman posing as a man and and ascended the ranks. Etc. So I thought it was interesting that they didn't use that pope. Um, yeah. They they chose Benedict the Ninth for for whatever reason. I love the line. Of course, there's Wi-Fi. It's a library. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, of course, it doesn't matter yeah. that it's a. As Corbin kept pointing out, it is a secret room inside a church. In, was it in Vatican? It was in Vatican City, Probably, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, this this disturbed Corbin on on many levels, which there's I'm sure so we'll many forbidden to. books. I can't get over that. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to do you want to talk about it now? <laughs> That's all I have to say. Just okay. How many forbidden manuscripts? Except you said it like four have? times while they were down there. You're like, there's so many books. It. They would just keep finding new they're, rooms, and like this like, place <laughs> is built like a maze, and all yeah, of it is forbidden the, books. And not only not, not half only of them are filler books. They're just it's not filler, real just books. to look more impressive. Yeah. Is this Harry Potter? One? Just, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was that was a great line where she just randomly blurted out Harry Potter. It's like what. Um, I did think it was interesting that, you know, not only did they have all these like banned books, but the, uh, what was it? Not the extremist, the Veritas was, it said it predated the church. I love that idea that you have this like, you know, super secret manuscript that predates even the, you know, the Catholic church, uh, 2000 years down the, you know, back, back down in the annals of time. You have to wonder. And yet it's still maintained, maintained by the church. Yeah, but who figured that out back then? Like thousands of years ago, someone came up with the idea of a simulation. Oh, that is an interesting idea. That means they were running the simulation. Pre-computer. It's hard to even think of something like that. To yeah. Think, that's what if we a- were in a world built out of machines that weren't real. Yeah, like what's a and your machine? your only machines are <laughs> tills and whatnot. What? <laughs> and you're like, what, this <laughs> simulating this human I fail to see, a, a see how a wheel and a lever could create a world. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, there's a, there's a great uh, book series called, uh, huh, yep, something. Magic 2.0 <laughs> is the name of the series. <laughs> uh, for, first uh, book in the series is called Off to Be the Wizard. Not off to see the wizard, off to be uh-huh. the wizard. Anyways, uh, and the general idea there is we live in a simulation and this hacker character discovers the source file <laughs> and then um, uh, decides to to like go back in time and take it. Get, and he learns to manipulate the source mm-hmm. file. So essentially he can do magic. You know, he can he can just make things happen in, in the, the universe so just, just by editing the code of the the universe but he can do that like on the fly he can just be like yes yeah code and um and then yeah imagine he you know then he goes back in time with you know a cell phone (laughs) yeah (laughs) like goes back in like like 
medieval England, you know, and of course is received as a wizard and and that kind of thing. Uh, Hilarity ensues ensues for approximately six books so far, I think. And it's just like it. It's not like there's an end point. Did they? This guy could just keep writing these books. It's so good. No, not that. No, no. There's. um, I want to say it's at least five, maybe six books. Oh my goodness! And um, it's it. It's not set up like a Harry Potter where there's gonna be the yeah. big battle with the with the uh, boss guy at the He's end. He's the only guy. You know, it's not. Yeah, <laughs> he's it's, just running around. Well, causing chaos. No, what I mean is, what I mean is, there's not like an overarching. We've got to solve this one problem, yeah. and if that takes us six books or three books, that's fine. This is just here's a thing, and and this guy can just keep cranking out these books. It, they're they're fun stuff. So, at any rate, um, that was a side. A side note I didn't think about until just now. Um, why does uh, CERN have a crap ton of TNT on hand at any given moment? And for that matter, that was a lot why was it like, cartoonish uh, clusters like massive, of dynamite? Yeah, like, like the stereotypical bright red sticks. Your arm sticks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like why do you why do you have that? Just in case you want to put it under the foundations and blow up the entire building. At yeah, I mean, presumably they've known about this for all of an hour. Yes. And they have like gathered together clusters of, of TNT and yeah. wired them quite, by the way, quite neatly so that there's not even like random wires hanging out everywhere. It no. looks like somebody took their time, yeah. like they're bringing down the building, except it's just this cafe or whatever. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, Corbin, what, what what was this here? Is that all the people that work at CERN? <laughs> This is one of the most important the who scientists. The, the Large Hadron Collider is entirely maintained by <laughs> like a dozen people. Like yeah. It, that was all the people who got the email or whatever. Like, is oh, what is that what I'm it was? thinking. CERN is one of the most important yeah. scientific inventions in the world, and it's like a mile long or something. It's bigger than that. Yeah. I mean, uh, doesn't, yeah. doesn't it like cross like huge. two or three uh, uh, really country I don't know, lines or something? But it is, it is ridiculous ridiculously big and they yeah. have like 20 they people 20 running people this there. entire right. thing yeah. they it's, should have gotten a whole auditorium or something it was like, <laughs> yeah it's one of those things that i that i uh appreciate the understatement of the name it's like the largest <laughs> man-made device in in human history it i think i think it's in two or three countries is how big you know how, how big this thing is and it's called the large hadron collider should call it's it like humongous. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there was there was a, a an array of um uh of um radio telescopes that uh you, if you tandem a bunch of radio telescopes it acts like one giant one and so they had like a bunch of these strung together and they called it the large array and then somebody made a bigger one and it's called the very large array <laughs> but it's like I don't know dozens of these things I mean it's like you know can reach way out into space or whatever yeah. and it's called the very large arrays. Very oh, okay. Large. Right. Um, yeah. Miles in diameter or whatever it is. <laughs> um, we did get um, quite a few little references here. Um, so there, I, I just wrote down Star Trek reference and then Mario reference. Um, so the Star Trek reference was that Nardole, uh, of all people, wasn't it Nardole? Who who said it was like the holiday? What you're talking about. He said it was like being on the holiday. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah that was Nardole. I'm like, wh- why do you know this? I mean, twice okay. in two episodes that they've made Star Trek references. Wait, what was the other one? 
the doors are supposed oh, to Oh, right. Uh, space. Uh, the final frontier. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking yeah. the doors. No, the more space. direct one. And <laughs> Trip's like, well, there was a subtle hint and <laughs> shuck, shuck of doors. Like, that's not what we're talking about. <laughs> that's science fiction in general. It was the actual words space, the final <laughs> oh, frontier were spoken. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, that it is funny to me that, uh, that he's the one to make the pop culture reference, which. Yeah. Presumably, okay, so we, we did, not to jump too far ahead in, in the notes here, but we did get some more reveal about what's going on with the vault mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. And we've, we've gotten hints so far that it's been 50, maybe 70 years. So if that's the case, you have to assume that the doctor and Nardole have been hanging out in Bristol <laughs> for the last 50 to 70 years. Which again, we you know, like we were saying, we were doing the math. That means that uh, he was around when the first doctor was yeah. down on Potter's Lane, Trotter's Lane. Uh oh, crap! I just lost some oh. some Doctor Who oh, no. street cred. Um, <laughs> but at any rate, um, that means that Nardole has been here for like the golden age of sci-fi. <laughs> so this is like, is yeah. he a sci-fi geek? <laughs> Is that why he said doors are supposed to go shuck shuck? Is it is it not because he's an alien? Is it because he's a Star Trek fan? (laughs) He's a Star Wars fan, and just Uh, all the other uh, sci-fi things go shuck shuck. He's a poster man. Yeah, Um, and then the doctor made the Mario reference. Um, He said it's like Mario finding out he's in a video game, which Which, of all the video game characters. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I, it's iconic, it's but it's strange that he would pick Mario to no, become self-aware. In, in my in my thinking, that's exactly who the doctor would would reach out to. It would be the most common ground video game character you could come up but with. But you play him; he can't be sentient. Yeah, why not? Whatever. Why not? Let's see. Um, oh. Okay, so I don't remember if we've talked about this yet or if I just put it in the notes. The doctor watched this episode with us, mm-hmm. guys. I, yeah. So, oh, Corbin, you you had already gone upstairs and, mm-hmm. and I was talking to Trip about this. So everything from the title sequence on was the video from the email. Until the which is why we switched out of it. Right. So if you remember, when we were cutting to the... Um, the opening credits, there was like this glitching out thing that happened. And then it happened again when the doctor tapped on the glasses and said he was sending the email and it glitched again and Mm -hmm. said like end of video or end of file or whatever. So everything between those two points was in the simulation. And prior to that, the doctor, he was leaned up against the vault. He was like sitting on the ground back against the vault wearing the sonic sunglasses. How did he watch that? He was blind. Because the Sonic's sunglasses were like giving him this information. Remember how he was walking around oh, using yeah, them, like echolocation psychic, or whatever. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the Doctor actually watched this episode with us. Everything from the title sequence to the very end was an episode of Doctor Who that the Doctor got to watch. Yeah, <laughs> which is brilliant. Um, and. There was uh let's see. Oh, I think I, I think I already mentioned that earlier uh, in the notes later on. But basically you had this this bit that I thought was great where the virtual doctor said, I'm doing the same thing everyone does when the earth is in danger. I'm calling, calling the, the doctor. doctor. And I'm like, oh, that's brilliant. I love it. I love it. Uh, Corbin, Wait, what's, what's, that means he was getting ready for that the whole time. 
Because he's just um, casually recording I don't on think the so. Sonic glasses. I think, all I think he just was. I think he just was. I don't think he was aware until the end. No, he wasn't aware, but he was he's just always walking around recording with I mean, the Sonic glasses. Why not? It didn't sound like they were recording just that they were no, that's storing what he said. the information or something. Oh, which is another way of saying recording. Okay. I, yeah, but it wasn't. They weren't recording. They were just storing the audio and video. <laughs> Why were they even doing that? I wonder. Ah, so that we could have this episode. Yeah. yeah. What's your next note here, Corbin? What What were the aliens <laughs> actually doing to invade the Earth in this episode? What do you mean? They what? didn't do anything yet. What do you mean? They didn't. They're using the simulation as a way to basically test invading the invading earth right what did they do that could be conceived as invading earth they didn't invade within the the simulation yeah within the simulation they didn't first of all they allowed the knowledge of the simulation to get out well and kind of circling back to some of our conversation earlier you were saying how did someone come up with this idea pre-computer? I almost want to think that the simulation created the Veritas or the aliens mm. embedded the Veritas in but the simulation. Why would they do yeah, that? I don't that? know. What is it? They can't come to Earth and convince us we're in a simulation, at least not one they are like aren't running or whatever. Unless they do. Unless they do, because <laughs> what's the point? Surprise, surprise! Delete Earth. I don't whatever. remember. <laughs> but like, what did they do? The only yeah, no, I stuff get what that you're happens saying. is related to the Veritas, which is basically a disease to their computer program. Having it there at all wrecks all of their plans and for a genuine the, invasion of Earth. The closest thing that we get is them like the the portal in the wall. And like the, hand, the 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 zombie monk hand they reaching through. They won't have that on Earth. No, no, no. I, I'm I'm agreeing with you. That's what I'm saying. Is the closest thing you get is, oh no, creepy zombie hand reached through and grabbed the guy and pulled him through. It's got to be aliens. And then yeah. you come to find out, like, oh yeah, it is aliens. But it's but the portal just is just that. proof that it's a simulation. Yeah. Like it. So you're right. The aliens. Yeah. It's not like the aliens were doing something. And therefore, they were just fighting off the doctor. Info at this point. Yeah, but yeah. it's it's bad info because it's been infected by something that isn't on Earth. The Veritas wow. being there. Oh, the Veritas. Yeah, and telling, giving people the information that this is a simulation mm-hmm. is messing with their data. That is yeah. true. And okay, they said, uh, they told the doctor the virtual doctor, we've killed you many times. So that to me sounds like this is not the first Mm -mm. simulation. It may not be the only one running at that particular time. Right, yeah, there could be, yeah, exactly. There could be millions of them running in parallel. But you're right, Corbin, in the the simulation that we got to watch, there was no practice invasion. So maybe in the version that we watched, they just hadn't done it yet. They hadn't initiated that part of it yet. Well, then why? But that's did they, <laughs> why did they interfere instead of just resetting it's, it? It still begs the question, uh, though. Like, where did the Veritas come from? I genuinely don't believe that, that anyone from thousands of years ago could have come up with this idea. And also, uh-uh. they probably wouldn't have put it in because that doesn't make any sense. Un- so we have we have 
three options as far as I can see. Someone in, you know, the Roman era uh, came up with this this idea. And by mm-hmm. the way, like was 100% accurate. Yeah. Yeah. yeah number like- two, number two, the simulation or the monks themselves put it in there for reasons as yet unknown. Or number three, somebody else put it there. Like maybe the doctor? But like maybe the real doctor? That's so backwards. The real doctor knows of these aliens and put the Veritas into their program so that the doctor in the virtual world could then that sounds tell him exactly like something that would happen on Doctor Who. That sounds entirely. That sounds exactly probable. like something. At the end do you, do of you next episode, he's going to go back and put. The, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Okay, you mean and again, afterwards. You mean yes, afterwards. yes, yes. Okay, so so full disclosure, as I've said, I cannot remember how any of this resolves. I, I I I'm I am speculating alongside you guys, but I could definitely see the doctor going back and implanting the Veritas and becoming the reason that the virtual doctor was able to to alert. The real doctor. Mm-hmm. Remember the the webisodes, um, time and space, where the TARDIS materialized inside of itself. Oh yeah, yeah. Remember this? And then like uh, uh, um, uh, Amy walks in the door of the TARDIS, and now there's two Amys yeah. because she came from she went through the door of of the inside TARDIS and came inside but two minutes in the past or whatever. Oh, and then yeah. they, they, they're running through the loop and then the doctor comes out and he's like, I, I need to know which lever to pull or whatever. And then the future version of himself comes through and says the yellow one. And he says the yellow one and flips it and then goes through the door and comes out the door and says the yellow one. And so the only reason he knew which one to pull was because Future he him to told him, but the only reason future him told him was because past him had heard future him say it and blah, 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 blah. It's exactly the kind of thing Doctor Who would yeah. do. Yeah. <laughs> it is precisely the kind of thing. So again, I have no idea. I, I do not know if if that's where it's going. I am completely speculating. Mm. But that would that sounds to me like exactly the kind of thing. Or like, yeah. or Bill accidentally does it. Or something, you know, something <laughs> like that. You know what I mean? Actually, that sounds like something that would (laughs) happen is if Bill would end up in the past and somehow like fiddling with knobs accidentally introduces the pushing in the Veritas. Yeah. She gets pulled into the the simulation in the past and has a conversation with a, a, ooh, a Roman centurion made of plastic. No, I was kidding. (laughs) It was real. Uh, Welcome to this week's segment of Mm -hmm. Corbin Has Feelings. Corbin, Mm. take it away. <laughs> I love the windup. Nothing about get myself in the mode. This, this number guessing thing doesn't make any sense. Yeah. All right. So the shadow. What was it called? The shadow Sh- test. Shadow yeah. The shadow test. It doesn't make any sense. I feel like I don't know where to no, start. Okay. All right. No. Hang on. It makes sense. It, but it's it's not that it doesn't make any sense. It makes sense. It's just flawed. Explain how it makes sense. Because I can't conceive what they think computer randomness is that would make this well, occur. Well, this is alien technology. Oh, what? Ran- what? Okay. If anything, aliens who can <laughs> build a simulation as complicated as 
maybe they could create genuine randomness or something. Well, but, yeah. they might be advanced and different. What I'm, no, no, no. What I'm saying is th- this is on the surface. This is not completely ridiculous and yeah. outside of, of any reasonable person's understanding of how things work. Now, explain to us the, the problem that you have with it. Again, and I'm not. And by the way, I'm not like shutting you down. I'm just saying, like, it's a little bit of an overstatement to say. Maybe it absolutely makes no sense to anyone who's ever conceivably lived. I just, I don't know where to start because <laughs> I don't. What is the problem? You haven't said what the problem. The problem is, is there's no reason why they would both say the same number. That's not how computer generated randomness works at all. All right. Uh, I'll give you an idea. Maybe I'm off the mark, but for most computer randomness, you just have a function that creates random-ish numbers. So say you get out the number three, then the next time that function runs, it's going to use the number three as some part of it, maybe just a random variable in the equation so that you can get a different random number based off of the one that you got last. Right. That's how it works most of the time. So I don't know what they're doing. And it's causing them to both say the same number. Well, if they're both <laughs> if they're both running the same function at the same time. At the same time. They might end up with the oh, same number. Wait a minute. And no. then it will rerun the function. Wait a minute. Because there are things called seeds, which is basically your starting number. And I don't really know how these are generated, but they're meant to always be different. So unless for some reason, every time you're asked this specific question, <laughs> you're given the same starting number to generate your random numbers with, there's no Here, reason it would work here's, this way. Here's the, the, the even bigger problem I have, because Trip, you were saying at the same time, Except that the doctor did it at a different time. Yeah. And presumably came up with the same numbers because. Oh, is that? Because the Veritas has those numbers written on the next page. Remember, it says, think of a series of numbers and then turn the page. And so it's not just that if you did this, like, so Trip, if you and I said, right now we're going to do the tap the table and and say numbers, and then Corbin and, and I do it tomorrow. It would be if I do it now and you do it in an hour and Corbin does it next year, it would always be the same numbers for thousands of years because it was in the Veritas. So so in other words, it's not only that you can't produce even seemingly random numbers, it's that anytime anyone anywhere on earth is asked to come up with a series of random numbers, they will always come up with these eight or nine And you would never notice that? Right. Suddenly, (laughs) suddenly the Veritas makes a lot more sense. Hey, ever notice how every single time (laughs) we try and come up with random numbers, they're they're not random? Yeah, yeah. No matter how hard I try, I always come up with the same one. So think about that. Think about like, uh, well, I guess that's not random. I was going to say, imagine how many times you say pick a number between one and ten. And everyone always only ever chooses six the first time or whatever. Yeah, like and then the third number is a million. <laughs> it's like, no, no, no. <laughs> Between one and ten. But I guess th- those are chosen numbers. Those are not truly random numbers. That, that, that is a little bit yeah. different. But yes, you would think, Corbin, that over the last several thousand years, someone would have picked up on the trend that yeah, like, every time yeah. someone says, "If think of a random number, it's always the same one first. Like, 
and then the same one second. Three and then the same billion one and three. Like, right, yeah. what? At yeah. that point, a billion I would start, and seven or whatever it was. I would start coming up with the same, like, keep coming up with random numbers to see if I ever repeated. Loop back? Like, started oh, back that's at true. the beginning. <laughs> After, like, ten numbers, you just start back over. Yeah. Why Why is it that I can only think of the number seven right now? I'm, I'm trying to remember now where what the uh, what the numbers were because um, it's just now dawning on me. I didn't think to look this up, but I didn't see anything in the Wikia about those numbers having any significance like it definitely should have been like 42 and and 47 for all the star trek references we've had lately and uh you know it could have uh they could have worked in an a113 reference (laughs) or something like that but um none of that none of that so any other feelings about that i uh, (laughs) i don't know i just don't understand it so let me let me let me challenge you then what would you have done to at, what would your shadow test? That's have been? the problem. Like in a truly like fully fledged simulation, like they seem to have, where they are simulating the entire Earth, and given as the Doctor is in there, maybe and the, the universe. entire universe. Yeah, it, presumably it would have to be the entire universe. Like people talk about this. Obviously, we could be in a simulation, and there's basically no way to actually know. Yeah. Right. So unless you go so far that they <laughs> run out of coding, right. the it. way to know so, is the projector room. That is the way to know. They had that, yeah. but they came up with the stupid shadow test that doesn't prove because it's it doesn't really prove it because it's just it doesn't make sense. But right. this simulation room where we can see in the physical world of this simulation there is a room literally projecting the worlds out. Don't know yeah. why that's there. Holy but, crap! Yeah. Why is that there? Who knows? But given that that exists. Why isn't it just projecting one place? No, wait. No, no. Hang on, though. Hang on, though. Hang on, though. Uh, That was not inside the simulation. That wasn't? Mm -hmm. No, that's the whole thing, is that when he pushed, when Nardole pushed his hand beyond the reach of the projector, his hand disappeared. Yeah, but the projectors were still a thing. No, I I believe those were in the real world. I think that was the whole point. Was that he was? This if was this was stepping out of the holodeck. This was the character stepping out of the holodeck and disappearing. That's that's what that was. Mm. Yeah. Okay. okay. So that's your evidence, like, right? <laughs> so okay. No okay. So why do we? Why the do we need the stupid test numbers? Was a cool thing. Yeah. It just doesn't yeah. work. If we out. lived somewhere, Shut like if we lived in a simulation where the creators had to build it in such a way that they could come in then we could exploit those entrance and exit points and we could use that to prove it. Not, you know, randomness that isn't random because computers aren't random, but they can still seem random. And Yeah. It's yeah. it's one of those things, like, I think I may have even mentioned this on the show one time before, where, like, season one or season two of Star Trek The Next Generation, um, there's this whole, you know, there, there's... they They need to get out of an asteroid field or something and... Picard doesn't want to rely on the navigational computer because it needs a human touch. And so mm-hmm. of all people, he sits down <laughs> and and flies the ship out of this thing and he improvises at the last minute to slingshot, use a use one of the asteroids to slingshot his way around and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And they're like, a computer never would have thought of that. And it's like, holy 1989, mm-hmm. Batman. Like, what are you, mm-hmm. like, <laughs> I understand that your Apple IIe can't yet currently do that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but for crying out loud, actually, I guess an Apple II was still a few years away. But um, but I mean, yeah, it, we use computers to get to it's the a, moon. It's a poor under, years before that, right. So. It's a poor understanding of computers that leads to that kind of right. It's yeah. the same reason why hackers never use a mouse. <laughs> Have you ever noticed this? They only ever type. Yes, yeah. and furiously, just yeah. you know, like, like level of hacking typing? intensifies. Love you know. Me random characters that don't exist scrolling across the <laughs> yeah, screen. Yeah, like the like the Matrix characters. Like <laughs> people, <laughs> we read symbols. actual English when we do programming. <laughs> yeah. Not No, not programmers. Not, not hackers. Even machine code is actual <laughs> like letters and crap. <laughs> Anyways. Well guys, that brings us down to who's who. So who is Nardole? Um, he was sent after the doctor from Derillium by river so we get a little bit of and like we've been in, in this weird cloaked man that, that was, was the so funniest great. scene <laughs> what was so great was how different uh, uh, uh matt lucas made his voice sound for I, that because I was so surprised i yeah like i i knew that that was coming this go around and still was like i don't even sound like matt lucas like it sounded so <laughs> different um that was so great you know greetings sinner or whatever it was like, <laughs> yeah um, and then he said, <laughs> I, I think maybe my favorite line so far oh is Bill God. Nardole, are you secretly a badass? No secret about it, baby doll. <laughs> and then, like, oh, wait, what? Yeah, yeah. And then he whimper. Yes, yeah. he the corner. <laughs> and it literally, the, the caption said whimper, didn't it? <laughs> I think, yeah. I think it actually said like yelps or whimpers or something like that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that was, it was so great. That line, man, where he's like, Listen here, lady. You know, like, and you're going to follow every order I say, and blah, 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 blah. And he, like, he's never been a pushover. He's been the comic (laughs) relief, but he's not been a fool. He's like, I can beat up the doctor. I can sure beat you up. Like, Like, where did that come from? It made me realize that he's never been portrayed as a softie. He mm. looks kind of goofy. He sounds kind of goofy. <laughs> yeah. He's a little silly, but so is the doctor. But he has never come off as a guy who does not know what's going on in any given minute. Mm. Like this guy is is on yeah. task at yeah. all times. So uh, who is Bill? Um, what does this say? Oh, <laughs> the last place she, she uh, tried to move into didn't work out so well. And I'm like, yeah, yeah that house tried to eat me. <laughs> um, what? <laughs> When I'm on a date, under no circumstances, put the Pope in my bedroom. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, my goodness. That's so great. That's such a great line. Uh, Who is Missy? We did get a little bit more of Missy uh, this go around. Um, When she said something about, you know, I I thought you were on your honeymoon, wedded bliss on Derillium is the last I heard. And, you know, like, what happened to her? And, I, like, did the doctor even blink in response? I mean, like, did he do, did he give any indication whatsoever? And she goes, oh, my condolences. It was like his Just absolute lack of response her. told her everything she needed to know. Oh, oh. And, uh, yeah, so, you know, here's the thing. Here's the weird thing. I, yeah, we've dealt with this. They are friends. Yeah. Like, that's the weirdest thing is, yes, you have the Daleks. Yes, you have the Cybermen. But time and time again, the greatest challenge that the doctor ever faces, not the most, not necessarily the most deadly enemy, not necessarily the most deadly force in the universe, although that could be argued, (laughs) but the doctor's single greatest challenge consistently is the master. 
and yet they are friends somehow. Yeah. Like there, there is still care for one another somehow. And it's the, it is the weirdest relationship and I love it. <laughs> and I yeah. love that we, that we like, it's one that we keep coming back to. It's one that we keep it. And, and unlike anything else, like river, we got to see interact with a couple of versions of the doctor, mm-hmm. but even that was like a very compressed, you know, time span. Um, but the master has been around since classic who like there have been multiple versions of the master. We've, we've interacted with the master in so many different ways. And even our limited exposure to the master in classic who we've still seen yeah. all kinds of, of, of versions and, and are getting ready to, um, you know, Just dive in even more. Line. Yeah. 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 So looking forward to that. Um, who is the doctor? He has two hearts and three brain stems, apparently. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> or, the, you know, time lords in general. Yeah, t- time lords have three, three brain, brain stems. stems. So does it mean they just like branch off at the base of the brain? Why well, is the point of like, that? Or, yeah, I don't know. I, I have no idea. Or is it that the spine on its way up, the spinal column, column branches into three? Because it wouldn't make sense the other direction. No. Like branching into three spines. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Yes, three spines. <laughs> three spines. Cling on, oh. like all kinds of redundancies in a room. <laughs> um, his confession would take too much time. Oh, yeah. That was great. Yeah. Um, oh. the, the offer still stands. He's like, not enough time. <laughs> you won't live long enough to hear my confession, <laughs> Father. Uh, let's see. Okay, here we go. This is, this is a doctor... Um, Actually, I get no, no, no. I'm sorry. This was not a doctor rant of the week because this was this was Nardole saying yeah. this, but I put it under who's the doctor because only in darkness are we revealed. Goodness is not goodness that seeks advantage. Good is good in the final hour, in the deepest pit, without hope, without witness, without reward. Virtue is only virtue in extremis. This is what he believes, and this is the reason above all that I love him, my husband. My madman in a box, my doctor. And then he, and then he pulls off closes the-, the book of prayer <laughs> that is actually the uh, the the journal of River Song. Um, man, this is like, yeah, this is top shelf, high quality Doctor Who right here. Uh, goodness is not, and and again, I want to know where this is from. Like so much of this, it rings too true. I, sorry, sorry, old old boy. To have come from Stephen Moffat. <laughs> it just it rings too true to be from some goofball yeah. sci-fi writer. Although, maybe it is. Maybe this is entirely Stephen Moffat's creation. But it sounds like something that is being quoted here. Mm-hmm. And um, I tried – the Wikia doesn't, doesn't mention it. I felt like this was being quoted from a previous episode. But now I'm listening to it and I feel like I'm, I'm hearing something quoted from like – you know, 100 AD or something like some ancient wisdom or something, you know, virtue is only virtue in extremis, um, reaching back into some Latin there and everything. So, uh, Corbin, what did you, what did you say extremist meant? Oh, uh, I can't remember, but it was just oh, awesome. extreme, especially in circumstances of death. I think it's, yeah, like- especially when nearing death. Um, yeah. So, um, really kind of reaching back with some very lofty language there. So, and then we have, you're an idiot. Everyone knows that. <laughs> the doctor says, everyone knows that. Um, let's see. Um, oh, man. Okay. So here we have the virtual doctor uh, waxing somewhat poetic. He says, uh, I don't believe in much, but right now belief is all I am. Oh. Yikes. Ooh. Right? Yeah. yeah. Um, you don't have to be real to be the doctor as long as you never give up, as long as you always trick the bad guys into their own traps. Mm. 
So there, there you have some more of the, I told you guys that, um, that I feel like 12 more so than anybody else in new who gives us this sort of code of the doctor, mm-hmm. right? The, the, the never give up, never be cruel, never cowardly, all those kinds of things. Um, a lot of this is sort of put into place during uh, 12's time. So you don't have to be real to be the doctor as long as you never give up, as long as you always trick the bad guys into their own traps. <laughs> uh, then, yeah, I'm doing what everyone does when the world is in danger. I'm calling the doctor. He called himself a scary, handsome genius from outer space. <laughs> so I don't know if that meant like scary, handsome, like it's he's so handsome, it's scary. Or if he's scary, comma, handsome, comma, genius. Maybe both. <laughs> why? Why choose? It could be either one. Um, what does it say? Oh, somebody said uh, to the doctor, you stand alone. And he said, often. And they said, you should be scared. He said, never. Oh, he's oh. like, you carry no weapon. Capaldi. Capaldi, you're so good. <laughs> um, what does this note say? Oh, sometimes I don't understand the notes that I leave for myself. Okay. So what I said here was debate time. Was that the doctor? Yes. Cause he said he was, uh, um, I'm the doctor. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's a doctor. <laughs> so what about his line, Corbin? You don't have to be real to be the doctor. No, I think I think he was the doctor. I'm just criticizing Tripp's way of arguing okay. this point. Because <laughs> he yeah. said so? <laughs> yeah, no, I think he had all the memories of the doctor. Presumably, yeah. What are you if you aren't he your memories? He acted so much like him that we didn't realize it wasn't him until the very The end. only thing that he did that was unlike the real doctor was calling for help. But he was but calling for the only person himself. who could possibly help to be himself. himself. <laughs> he was also aware of the fact that he was in a world where they could just unplug him and he yeah, would just lose. delete him at any so. minute. Yeah, yeah, so. But and again, I say that as to prove the point. That that was the that was the least doctory thing he did, and yet it was still, you know, <laughs> yeah. being the doctor. So I'm calling the only person I trust the doctor. That's right. That's right. Well, guys, noobs in the Hoobian is also brought to you by listeners like Victor, Jared, and James. If you find value in what we do, like they do, then here's what you can do: head on over to noobsinthehoobian.com/support. Click on something. Do what it says. Follow the instructions. Simon says. So. <laughs> Mother may. Simon says. Red light, green light. Oh, uh, can we talk about existential nihilism? Um, <laughs> we haven't done that in a while. Uh, it's a, okay. it's, it's it, for a while. It was like a uh, a central uh, theme of our little podcast here. I find the timing of this episode in our podcast, not the original airing in 2017, but as we're watching it, to be intriguing because, as I mentioned to you guys yesterday, my newsfeed has been blowing up lately with headlines about are we living in a simulation? Now, here's how things work, right? Uh, there were a bunch of articles about this a um, handful of years ago uh, because there is a philosophy right now. There's a, there's a question out there. Could we be living in a simulation? Are we, in fact, living in a simulation? And because of pop culture being what it is, people always like to phrase that as the matrix, right? Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know why. So here, here's what will happen to my newsfeed, right? I will start to see the same basic headline from like five or six different sources and it will finally catch my attention of something's happening, (laughs) right? Um, It'll be, um, you know, giant cigar-shaped asteroid entering the solar system, maybe alien life forms. And you're like, 
What? what? And you see versions of that enough times that you finally click on it and read about what was it? What was it called, Corbin? Um, 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 what? The, the 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 thing that the the big cigar shaped asteroid that flew through the solar oh, system yeah. a couple of years ago. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, so then you know here a couple months back that started popping up in my newsfeed again, and I was like, why is yeah. this happening? And then when I clicked on one, finally it was that like I don't know some new pictures of the of the object had come to light or, or some further study had been done and so now you know some new information was maybe coming to light mm-hmm. so that's why it was becoming news again right what i can't figure out is why my news feed is all of a sudden and by my news feed i mean like my google news app on my phone is constantly over the last week or two showing headlines about are we living in a simulation and the reason i haven't clicked on any of them is i've read about this mm-hmm. i'm familiar with this Mm-hmm. Now I'm trying to figure out why is it coming up again, especially because you two haven't been seeing it. So I really can't figure like, did I watch a video the other day and, and my Google algorithm went, Hey, wants to read more about the simulation theory. And mm-hmm. so I'm just seeing it again. I don't know. Um, but it is an actual theory, right? And I tried, I think poorly to explain this to you guys and to, and to mom, um, was this, was this yesterday? Yeah. At yeah. Dinner? I think mom was struggling to understand it. <laughs> Quite sure. Um, mom was struggling to understand why the crap would anybody waste. Yeah. Why it matters. That was, yeah, that was really what it was. Um, so here's the idea, right? If you, if given sufficient time and technology, we will eventually be able to create virtual reality simulations so real that they will be impossible or very hard to distinguish from reality, right? That's step one. Step two is we are also creating AI or things that are very close to AI. And as those two things converge and both develop at the same time, imagine creating a video game with NPCs, non-playable characters that are so advanced that one, you can't tell the difference between, you know, if you're looking at them, you can't tell that they're a video game character. They look photorealistic, video realistic, right? In 8K ultra super duper HD, right? Mm -hmm. That's being projected directly onto your retinas or your third brainstem or whatever. (laughs) And so um, eventually those characters are so lifelike and real that not only do they look real, but then when you're interacting with them, maybe sometimes when you're in that video game, you have a hard time telling if you're talking to another human being who is playing an avatar or if you're talking to an NPC, right? Okay. Now imagine instead that you are the NPC and that you are a simulated being living in a simulated universe. Now imagine that the beings in that simulated universe also advanced through technology and began developing computers of their own. We've seen this, right? We've seen Mm -hmm. people, you know, there's a guy that like created a computer in Minecraft where you can play Pong on a computer built out of, you guys would have to fill in the blanks here. What's the, What's command the redstone or whatever? Command, command blocks. blocks. <laughs> I don't know. A bunch of crap. I don't understand. The redstone. What's the redstone? <laughs> Isn't it called redstone? Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's what I'm saying. Redstone, but Isn't it redstone that you use to make electronics in, in uh, circuits? Somewhat. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Yeah. That's, that, that's what I said. Booty traps. Anyways. <laughs> um, yeah. So we've done that, right? We've had a guy in a ridiculously low res video game create a video game in the video game. So you can play a video game of yourself playing a video game and the mind breaks, right? It's like when Dwight created Second Second Life. 
So um, imagine that the characters within this within the simulated world develop VR, so that simulated characters can play VR video games. And then they begin the same cycle to the point where they simulate an entire universe inside of their simulated universe. Now, if you do this for long enough, then then mathematically there could be, and, and by the way, that's one person playing, you know, created this video game. What if you were running a million, as Tripp said earlier, like the aliens, they could be running a million simulations at the same time. What if in the real world, we were running a million different simulations of whatever, history or Earth or Earth, but, you know, the gravity is different or whatever, you know, like whatever simulation we decided to run. And within those simulations, they're creating simulations. Mathematically speaking, there could be, let's say there's a million simulations out there running. And it's almost impossible, if not completely impossible, to distinguish that simulation from reality what are the chances that you're living in the real world? They're a million to one. So if you agree with the premises that technology will advance to the point where simulations will be indistinguishable from reality, you are led inexorably to the mathematical fact that you are more than likely living in a simulation. Now, it's more complicated than that. Neil deGrasse Tyson has has debunked this or something. Yeah. I don't know. It, it you know, it's it's an interesting philosophical conversation that's happening right now. But mm-hmm. my basic reaction to are we living in a simulation is so what? Yeah, we're still if we're to the point where we're indistinguishable from actual life, we are now a new life form basically. Exactly. Yeah. So, if we are living in a simulation, it's probably impossible to know. If we are living in a simulation, it doesn't change the basic nature of our reality. Which is what Except, the doctor was saying. What? In this episode. What was the doctor saying? He was saying like, if I'm not real, all I am is belief or whatever. He was saying like. Sure. It was yeah. cogito ergo sum, right? It's I think, therefore I am. So it doesn't matter that he's a simulation. He's going he's gonna to keep doing what he can do, uh, you know, to, to, to save Earth, even though he can't, even though even theoretically though, he can't save the Earth he's on. He's going yeah. to reach up into the real world and save the real Earth. Um, so. If we are simulations, but we're so good we don't even know it, what difference does it make? You can't say, but it's not real. Because it is Because what is real? Yes, Corbin? That guy from The Matrix who for some reason was the villain. Who Cypher. Was, yeah. yeah, the only sane person in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else would rather live in a hell world than you know, their nice cushy lives in the simulation because right. it's not real. Who right. cares yeah. if everything hey, feels I love, real? I love that line where he, he, you know, takes a big bite of filet mignon and he says, I know that it's just code telling me that this steak is hot and juicy and delicious and tender. And I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, why does it why, matter? Why do I even care? If it tastes and feels and smells and looks real, then right. why isn't it real? Yeah. Now, now, now my answer, not to go too far afield, because this is not a podcast about the matrix. Yeah. My, my answer to that would be that you're being basically eaten by robots. But you still live a full, I mean, that's the thing is, yeah, like presumably you live a full life and then when you die, you get flushed. So who cares even then? But at, at any rate, we should, if we're living in a simulation, we should still work for a better world. We should still love the people around us. We should still strive to understand our universe better, whether it's made out of quarks and gluons or zeros and ones, right? Yeah. So why all the mass suicides? 
the, the, everyone who reads the Veritas comes to the same conclusion. They even spelled it out when they said, given that it is a mortal sin, you have Catholic monks or Catholic priests or whatever they were who chose hell over whatever the truth of the Veritas was. And I'm like, wait a minute. Why did they? What? It's unclear what the extent of the knowledge was they gained from reading the Veritas. Did they also learn, and this simulation exists for aliens who want to take over the world? It didn't seem to be. Yeah, it didn't seem like it. I if mean, that was that information more, came from the, the, the zombie yeah. book. What more could you state? That, like, you saw that book. Like, what more other than you're in a simulation, here's right. the one page of proof. What yeah, yeah, it wasn't like there it's was like a whole lot left pages. in there. Right. So uh, the thing about it is, like, you don't escape the game. Okay, so in the Matrix, if they run the the tracer program or whatever, they can they could pull you out of it. Yeah. Right. But if you died in the Matrix, you're dead. There are there are other um, uh, movies or stories or or shows that I've seen where discovering that you're in a simulation. Oh, you know what? We dealt with this on Lost not long ago, where Hugo was led to believe that uh, that that everything he was experiencing was a yeah. delusion, and the only uh-huh. way to get out of it was to jump off the cliff and and prove that he didn't believe it was real. Right. So in that theory, if that's the way it is, then dying is an escape. But it's not in this. But, yeah. Especially that's if you not don't what have, we're told. Like we're told that. It's a simulation. As we've seen with Nardle. Like, if it's right. fully simulated, you do not have a body right. outside of exactly. the simulation. Yeah. Exactly. Killing yourself does nothing. It's, it, it doesn't wake you up. It doesn't snap you out of it. You don't it just escape the game. makes you stop existing. The doctor says it's like Mario finding out he's in a video game and then c- jumping off a cliff or whatever, killing himself because he's tired of dying. Which, and I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not what it is because this is a simulation of reality it doesn't mean if you kill yourself, you get another life. Uh, you know, it's not like that. It's So here's my thing, is if we're living in a simulation, some people go, well, then nothing means anything. It's all meaningless. I might as well kill myself. And I'm like, no. If you think that's true, then life is meaningless regardless. Normally. Right, yeah, because- if it's a full simulation of life. Exactly. Then why is it any different? It's no different. It's not any different. And killing yourself just ends the existence. Again, yeah. it, you don't escape the game. You don't get out. You don't break free. You're not, and you're not even really a slave. Yeah. You're just living your life. If you just ignore the the zombie monks, you go about your life. I just the scientists at CERN had this idea that they were helping protect or save the world by killing themselves. Because if they made me know believe it, they knew that the aliens were going to use this to invade Earth. No, but even they, then, I think their killing yourself doesn't do anything. Right, Their mentality yeah. is if we know, then we might tell others, then they'll know, then they'll want to so? kill themselves. So what is No, but it that's the thing. You're saying that the Wait, reason they would want to yeah. kill themselves is <laughs> because other people are going to want to kill them. Okay. Right, yeah, which is not... No, so then, no, yeah. it just doesn't make sense. Now, that aside, I love this trope. <laughs> yeah. There is a Monty Python sketch where a guy <laughs> wrote the funniest joke ever written, and it's so funny, he dies of laughter. Have I told you all about this oh, before? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, so he he dies of laughter. So he's found dead by his mother. 
And she picks up the paper, reads it, and falls over dead of laughter as well. And then, like, as time goes on, finally somebody picks up on what's happening. And then they, like, weaponize it and, like, use it against the Germans or something. What? Like, they, like, they tra- mass print it. No, no, no. They, they like, they, they break it up and translate it in pieces. And then they, they show, like, military tests where they're, like, holding up signs to a soldier out in the field. And the guy reads, and he's just kind of sitting there, like, silently mouthing it and then he starts laughing and falls over dead i love the concept of the knowledge that kills yeah that's such a great sci-fi trope and and it's uh it and it's not one that i that i have seen overused i've not like seen it so much i'm sick of it um so i anytime that pops up i love that so all right well guys that brings us down to our classic who connections let's hear what jared's got to say today hello noobs in the whovian this is jared with your classic who connections for extremists I think I'm pronouncing that right. Maybe. I don't really remember if they said it in the episode, but if they did, it would have been in a British accent. So it's probably, you know, we probably would pronounce it differently anyway. Anyway, uh, getting on to it. Um, so we just have a couple of uh, a couple of connections this time. Um, so we and I, we've talked about the first one before a little bit. I don't remember exactly how much we got into it um, and we'll we'll see more in the future when we get to watch uh, The Deadly Assassin. Spoiler alert, I don't know if you know that's coming, but um, that'll be w- one of the, the classic Who Rewinds coming up. Uh, hopefully I'm not spoiling anything with that. But anyway, um, so the doctor talked about his uh, oath as a being part of the Pryrodian chapter. And uh, so the, the, the Time Lords had different chapters that kind of go along with their personality traits and status. Uh if I likened it to anything, it kind of reminds me of the houses in uh, Harry Potter. And if you don't know about the Harry Potter houses, well, I don't know what rock you've been hiding under. But uh, anyway, I've got nothing else to really liken it to. But um, so the members of these chapters, they're, uh, they're various chapters. We don't really have a lot of information about a ton of other chapters. And I don't remember if they ever really reveal, I couldn't find it on the TARDIS Wikia, if they reveal how you get like put into one of these chapters. Is it just birthright? Is it, um, do they get to know you and you're put in? Is there a sorting hat? I don't know. Anyway, but the members of the Pryrodian chapter, sorry, Prydonian, (laughs) Prydonian chapter uh, are usually described as cunning, devious, but also strong leaders. Most of the Time Lord presidents were from the Prydonian chapter. Um, and they're also prone to be renegades, also prone to sort of negate and go off. Uh, the master is a Prydonian, the doctor is. Uh, so um, as is Rassilon, I believe. Uh, so anyway, that's kind of the background of these. The Prydonians especially, they swore vows, which that, that doesn't mean a whole lot to me. But I think in England, it means like, they would swear vows to like, uh, it means that they would be good. Um, we'll see a little bit about that in The Deadly Assassin. But it also means when they forswear those vows uh, and their Prydonian birthright, that they can be particularly dangerous, uh, that they're, they're, they basically have nothing, nothing else. They're not afraid of losing anything else. So hence, like the master going off really far. Um, so again, in this episode, the doctor swears an oath on his Prydonian as a time lord of the Prydonian chapter that he's going to guard Missy for a thousand years. Well, if he forswore it, his chapter doesn't really mean much 
that he's swearing it now. I wonder if that'll come up. Um, maybe it means different. Maybe the doctor didn't officially forswear his oath and birthright as a Prydonian chapter uh, Time Lord. I don't really know. Uh, but that's what I know about Prydonian chapters. That, that, that gets you caught up. Moving on, the fourth doctor found himself in a copy of Earth that was being used to practice for a full-scale invasion in the serial The Android Invasion. Uh, but that was just one city, not the whole world. So that's what we've got there. Uh, and that's it. That's all I've got for you. That's all I could think of. That's all TARDIS Wikia also had. So uh, we were in agreement on this one. So it looks good to me. Uh, I I would give it... I, I enjoyed this one. I liked, I liked the reveal. I um, uh, liked the fact that everyone were, were, was copies, digital copies, and that uh, they had to figure it out and everything. And um, that was, that was kind of cool. It's sort of like... It made me want to watch it again to go back and like, okay, now that I know that, what am I going to, you know, what's the episode going to look like watching it through again? So, um, of course, Stephen Moffat wrote it. So, you know, big surprise there. So I'm going to give it nine out of 10 machines that rob from your future to give you temporary powers or good things in, or, or healing or something like that in the present. That was kind of weird and made me wonder so since that was all a copy of the doctor and everything, did it really affect anything in his future? I don't think they really explained that. So that's that's my question there. But anyway, so 9 out of 10 is the rating. And for creep levels, I'm going to rate it probably a little higher than it really did creep me out. But I feel like we this was one working to be creepy and definitely had some creepy things like the monks in it. Uh, and so I, I, I feel like it's tough because I rate these like I, I try and think of, all right, Weeping Angels, original Weeping Angels really freaked me out. That was a 500. That's kind of the standard for a 500. So much else pales in comparison to that. So I feel like I've been rating it kind of low. I don't know. So I'm going to give it 150 creep levels. That's that's the long explanation to, to get to that. Uh, and that's about it. So uh, thank you to the TARDIS Wikia. And thank you to Noobs and the Whovian for having me on. And I look forward to bringing you more Classic Who Connections next time. So the Doctor is in Slytherin? Yep. Am I understanding that right? Of course. What were those cunning, devious, strong leaders? That's 100% Slytherin. The strong leader part, too? Yeah, yeah, even that. Yeah, okay. Cunning and deceiving. Well, that's kind of more of Gryffindor, but... That's what I thought. It's confusing. People like to hate on Slytherin. This is also not a a, uh, Harry Potter podcast. But, but, you know. (laughs) But where it's relevant. Uh, Yeah, so... um, Jared gave it nine out of ten <laughs> machines that rot from your future to give you temporary powers in the present. That's that so was, weird. He was yeah, like, was so weird. "Here are so many vague things it could steal, and all the vague things it might give me." Right, in right, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, he, Jared also mentioned something there that he said he liked that everyone was a simulation. I forgot to bring that up earlier. I genuinely couldn't remember what the twist ending was going to be. Is it that the Doctor is stuck in a simulation? Bill is stuck in a simulation or was it that they were all simulations? And I, I could not conceive of them going all the way and saying that everyone there was a simulation and they did. So well, well done. Good on you, Stephen Moffat. I thought that was, that was brave choice, but I liked it. I I much preferred getting to the end of the episode and realizing that 
everything that happened there didn't happen, didn't yeah. matter, except that it gave the real world doctor a heads up. Um, I thought Which, that was that was a a jump. That was that was that was a, that was a reach that I think paid off. Yeah. So, so I thoroughly th- we got to the end of this episode, and I looked at you guys, and I was like, "How do I not?" Mm-hmm. Remember yeah. this. This takes every one of my boxes. This is so up Do my you alley. Remember it no, after watching it? Not at all. <laughs> like I said, up until the minute that he sent the email, I couldn't remember if he was really the doctor or if he was a virtual doctor. I could not nothing. I couldn't huh. remember a single thing. What I remembered from this episode was the interactions with Missy. That was yeah. in its entirety the only thing I remember from this episode. I don't remember the zombie Just the monks. I, exactly. Thing. The only thing I can remember from this season so far are the season-long arch arc plot points. That's all I can remember. So, um, yeah. I'm going to give it 9 out of 10. Um, things. things. <laughs> 9 out of 10 things. Couldn't come up with 9 anything. out of 10 simulations that's dumb but that's all i I can come up with because i just i thoroughly 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 enjoyed this episode i think this is my favorite episode of this season so far for sure it's not even i think it is definitely my favorite one of this season and Mm -hmm. my favorite one and i can't even remember how long stands out remember any of that stands out because i can't remember because i'm old trip okay what uh speaking of trip what did you think i think amazing definitely best in this season it's up there with like um, waters of Mars and stuff. Even okay. s- somewhat creep level up. Yeah. About around there. For sure. So I'm going to go 10 out of 10 zombie monks. <laughs> Why are they? Uh, <laughs> They're like decaying. Uh, yeah. Their mouths, like. Their robes were tattered. They're, yeah. And, the, and when they talked. They just gnashed their teeth together. There was no like lips. There were, it's not even that their lips weren't moving. They didn't have lips to move. Nah. And it was just kind of like, nah, 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 nah. they look like weird puppets. <laughs> so, um, puppets. so I'm getting ahead of myself into the creep level. Uh, Corbin, what was your overall score? Uh, firstly, what happened to Bill? I cannot remember. She just disappeared right in front of the doctor. Wait, what? The guy came in and grabbed her shoulder and she disappeared. Is that why? Pixels. Oh, she disappeared the same way Nardole did. Do they have? Yeah. Except. But, but later. She didn't go into the shadow though. No, she she was standing in a room and oh, just, yeah. just digitally vaporized. She wasn't. She got dusted. She wasn't destroyed in any way. I guess they just deleted her file or something. Yep. Yeah. But then still went to gloat to the doctor. So they're Instead dumb. Just grabbing you know them. that that reminds me that we sh- we should have been tracking through this season like we did with Rory. How many times has Bill not died? <laughs> died. Mm-hmm. I was gonna say how many times has Bill Sorry. died, but like she died, but turns out she wasn't dead in the last episode, and this time she died, but she was a simulation. Is that it? No, she Probably. uh the house as well. Remember, she the didn't house get eaten. ate her all the way. No, she didn't get eaten. Oh, did she not? She was the one person. Oh, her friends got eaten. Literally, her friend got eaten right in front of her. She was yeah. the last one. Yeah, I feel like she's died a handful of times. So, Corbin, what's your what's your rating? Uh, I'm gonna say nine out of ten incorrect uses of energy. <laughs> of what? Yeah. Of what? Random number generator oh. or just 
randomness. Oh, okay. Of uh, randomness. Excuse me, Mr. Fancy Pants. What do you mean? Uh, <laughs> That's a common gonna, phrase, I, believe me. Yes, phrase. it's an incredibly common I'm phrase. Carried. I use it twice a week. Yeah. Video um, game anyway. people, programmers, <laughs> plenty of people use RNG. Commonly used within a given context. Sure. Yes, Corbin. Sure. Corbin the IT man. <laughs> IT or man. Gamer dude. <laughs> what are you talking? IT man, gamer dude. Anyway, yes. uh, creep level. Jared gave it one fifty. Um, I'm gonna give this a good three hundred for. There's some existential uh, crisis stuff happening That's here. That's true. There's some really creepy monks. That the longer you look at them, the creepier they get. Uh, there's creepy hands reaching through a portal of light and dragging away uh, priests. Um, Which there's the doctor there's a, see. there's oh a goodness, forbidden was... archive below Vatican. Uh, there's just all kinds of, of levels of creepiness here. So 300 Corbin, uh, 150. Enough said trip. Oh, at not 1000. Whoa, whoa. Triple <laughs> 1150. <laughs> Corbin. I mean, 1150. <laughs> <laughs> it's a <bit> <laughs> <high>. <laughs> I'd say double plus 150. Uh, trip. What do you got? Um, I'm going to go 250, like all the things you said. There's never much to talk about when you're the last one to go. <laughs> Everybody's right. already said everything. Oh, mm-hmm. awesome. We already took all of your stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, theories. So as Corbin said a moment ago, um, we have we kind of got a lot of it uh, this week. So um, we said um, we were looking at the oath. He took an oath not to leave Earth. Um, what is in the vault? So now... We know. we know it's Missy. Okay. And that was me. So nice. Jared and Trip were correct. Trip called, yeah, but let's just give I bonus like points to Trip. and a half weeks Yeah, ago. he called it like the first time I asked you guys about it. He was like, like oh, yeah, maybe it's, it's the master. And I was like, it's, like, it's definitely the master. I d- man, I have to bite my lips so hard and like put on my poker face. <laughs> so I'm like, he did it again. Um, who did he make the vow to? So we I got guess. that this go around. So currently, Corbin was saying maybe River. Trip was saying a Time Lord. Honestly, maybe I'm not River. clear. Was he making it to those aliens? To yeah, that was Time the Lords in general, the Premadonian, whatever. He was making know, was the it? vow Rydonians? to those guys. No, I think he. Yeah, to, he, he made the vow to them. Yeah. To the, the also, why did they need the, a Time Lord? No, 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 they weren't Time Lords. Time Lord? Hang on, hang on. Yeah, that's why they couldn't kill her. They weren't Time Lords. Yeah, I know. Which is the reason okay, okay. they couldn't kill her because she was right. a time lord, right. which doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> it, no, it doesn't at all. Whoever these people are, these executioners, he, that's who he made the vow to. Yes. So um, there was no way to guess that because it, we have no it, idea. It involved, who they are. yeah, it involves some people that we've never encountered mm-hmm. before. Um, which I think actually one of y'all may have thrown that out at one point. Oh no, no, that was about who is in the vault. Somebody at one point was like, maybe it's somebody we've never met before, yeah. you know, um, that kind of thing. That would have been, that would have been a, a, a perfectly legit answer. So um, anything else? There's nothing really else to say about who's in the vault and who did he make the vow to. Um, oh, yeah. And right before um, we figured out it was Missy instead of the doctor who was getting killed, I totally called that like three seconds before it happened. I was like, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. she's going to sit down or whatever. Yeah, when he said, um, maybe... Uh, the the victim kneel or the prisoner kneel or something like that. Like, and, and it, yeah, it's he, Missy. <laughs> yeah, he's like, it's actually her. And I was like, um, yeah, okay. Um, let's see. Um, anything else you guys want to discuss on that on the vault and Missy and do y'all want to speculate on why she was being executed? Mm, well, 
She ate I mean, it's someone total again. Because it's the master. Let me she think. ate some more people. Killed <laughs> just millions of people, probably. Yeah. I don't All know. Right, it probably so has something to do with the, the Time Lords. The new thing that I introduced was, uh, we've already said, we know Bill is leaving at the end of the season. How does Bill leave? So last time, Trip said she dies by sacrificing herself. Corbin oh, said yes. she's going to get a life. Mm-hmm. So, like, as polar opposite as you can be, Trip's like, uh-huh. she dead. And Corbin's like, nope, she's going to be more alive than she ever has before. She's going to finally leave the doctor on her own terms. Do you guys want to change anything, address anything? I mean, no. not that we got any clues about it or anything. Mm. Um, Jared, if you're um, uh, if you're listening, <laughs> which I hope you are, <laughs> um, we want to hear what you think. How how does Bill leave? Presuming you don't know, um, which I, I, I think you don't because you haven't seen it. Um, how does Bill leave at the end of the season? Is she going out on her own terms? Is she going to get trapped in a time vortex to another dimension? Hmm. Is she going to be left in the void? Is she going to die? Is she she going to get left and then we never see her ever again? And there's no, no explanation. Yeah. (laughs) Maybe she'll get a speech about how the doctor will be back one day and then it never gets addressed ever again. Like what happened with, uh, What's her name? Susan Foreman. Um, yeah. So um, anyways, w- what do you think? So, all right, guys, the, uh, the game plan is next week. We're covering episode seven pyramid at the end of the world. And again, this is, um, this is technically part three of this uh, three episode uh, finale arc. And uh, that's going to, so we're going to have the um, uh, season finale and then we'll have a, uh, a Christmas special. And then we're done with Capaldi. So mm-hmm. like we're, we're closing in on it guys. It's uh wait a minute. I said, it's a three part finale. I am, I am way ahead of myself because we're on episode seven. Um, not sorry. The finale. Sorry. We've got extremists, the pyramid at the end of the world. And then the lie of the land. That's a, a so-called three parter. And then we have <laughs> the, three part. the rest of the episodes. Oh. Um, and we do have the season finale is a two parter. Uh, so we do have oh. world enough in time. And then the doctor falls Spoiler alert. <laughs> What's going to happen there, I wonder. I wonder. Uh, so, and then, like I said, then we have a, uh, then we have a Christmas special. Um, in, in between there, mixed in there, we'll have the Deadly Assassin as part of our Classic Who Rewinds. And then we'll do um, a timey-wimey after the Christmas special before getting into, holy cow, I can't believe it's finally here, the 13th Doctor. That'll be, it'll be June. <laughs> so, yeah. So. so we got a little bit of time, but uh, but we're, we're closing in on uh, on catching up with this show Hard to imagine. I think I've mentioned this before. This is this is uh, the game plan segment on steroids here. We are scheduled out through as of the airing of the last episode that has that has broadcast right Revolution of the Daleks. We are scheduled through to December twenty sixth, twenty twenty one. That's that is huh. if we do only what has aired so far. That'll get us there. And actually, that'll be Revolution of the Daleks and then uh, an episode of The Master Plan. So that, that'll, yeah. that'll be the end of... And then the season, the next season will be out by then, probably. Uh, so that's where I was going, is uh, Jared and I are, are scheming and we're, we're watching the news feeds. And my hope is that uh, we'll get a release date, a premiere date for season 13, and we'll know when it's coming so that we can adjust our schedule so that we catch up in time to do that live. Um, and, and honestly, where I'm getting nervous is uh, based off of the, the release schedule so far, I'm afraid that it's going to air before we're ready for it. 
So if that happens, we may have to jettison the timey wimeys for a little while, and and maybe I don't even know. I don't. I I don't even know what else um, uh, we'll be doing. So um, you know what I, <laughs> you know what I just realized. I said December twenty sixth, twenty twenty one, and I said that as though that is so far away. I forgot that it's twenty twenty one. We're talking about, about we're talking about this December. Yeah, I'm like. Wait a minute, that seems further off than I was thinking. No, no, no. That's so then, that's the end of this year. And actually you're like, so that's gonna be super far away. Wait, it's 2021. Uh yeah, and actually, I'm sorry, I, I am I am completely incorrect about that. We are scheduled through December 5th. December 5th of of this year. I don't know why I said 2021 the way I did. 2021. I, I'm used to saying that as though it's the future, even though it's April. Okay. Guys, Noobs in the Hoovian is a production of Master Closet Studios, where it's still smaller on the inside. Your senior producer is me, Austin Reason. Your audio engineer is this guy. I'm Trip. The production editor is the other guy. I'm Corbin. Special thanks to TARDIS.Wikia.com for their trivia. Thanks to Jared for his classic Who connections and shout outs to Victor, Jared, and James for their ongoing Patreon support. You can find us over at noobsinthehoovian.com where you can find links to our Facebook and our Twitter and our email and our Patreon and all of the things and all of the places that you can subscribe because we are in so many of the places. <laughs> so wherever you found us, whichever one of those places, make sure that you like us, subscribe, ding the bell, uh, put some stars, uh, do a review, and share us with a friend. Not because we're a great show, but because we watch one. And as always, my name is Austin. I'm the Hoovian. These are my sons, Corbin and Tripp. And, and we're, we're the news. And until next time, be safe if you can, but always be amazing. Goodbye. I just one more thing to say about RNG. I think okay. I think what has happened is people have taken the idea computers aren't truly random, and they've inflated it to you can predict any number a computer will ever generate. And while it's technically true, you have to know every single random thing that computer is generating to figure out the right number and that is so hard and complicated especially with things like simulating an entire planet so this week's episode of corbin has feelings is brought to you by random number generators yeah. random number generators not so random they're pieces all. of crap <laughs> i mean just look it up for yourself